I am an inspirational poster featuring a courageous dolphin. And I'm the ghost of Halloween past. And welcome to Planet of the Meerkats. Dave, it's been a while since we had an episode. It has. This is our AirSats season three start. And it's kind of kind of a bummer news day. Norm McDonald died. I know, man. I went and saw him live a few years ago. I grew up on Norm McDonald and SNL. He's always been my favorite weekend news update host. It feels like he's kind of been like out of the public eye for a while. And I guess we yeah. just learned today he was struggling with cancer for like nine years, which is crazy. I guess one of the not that it's a benefit of him <laughs> dying, obviously, but like people are sharing clips of his comedy and like his appearances on Conan and all this stuff. And um, it's kind of nice to just like have that back in yeah. the conversation because he's a funny man. He is. <laughs> well, and then earlier, Michael K. Williams from Oh, God. That the one really. And Boardwalk Empire and Lovecraft Country, a bunch of stuff. He's always fantastic. I know. Like he came out of nowhere. I had never seen him in anything before The Wire, and he was just incredible as Omar. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the like my favorite characters in any show. I saw something this week that I thought was really powerful. That he he that portrayal of Omar was like one of the first times where you got to see a black man that was both powerful and confident and intimidating, and mm-hmm. also like obviously gay, mm-hmm. but. But like tender, you know, mm-hmm. like one of the scenes in the first season where he's with Brand- the Brandon character before Brandon dies. Spoiler alert. And yeah. <laughs> if anyone's not seen <laughs> The Wire. But yeah, they're just like relaxing together and embracing. And it's very, it's, this is very real. Yeah. Um, and it is, it was groundbreaking. And it's a shame it, to think of all the amazing, you know, stories he could have told. It was like it was in the last season, and there was all this speculation about how Omar was going to go, and that would there be this huge battle, uh, or you know whatever and they were kind of building up to that, and then he ends up getting shot in a convenience store by like an upstart stick-up artist, and I always thought that was really fitting because it like sort of undermined the whole mystique of the character as being this stick-up artist who was like larger than life and sort of brought brought the character back down to a level that was human again. Do you have a cold, Dave? I do. It's not COVID. I got a test, but I do have a nasty cold. This is like the first cold I've had in two years. So, Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, I'm being like a baby about it. It sucks. Well, we could have rescheduled if you didn't feel good. Oh, it's all right. As long as my yeah. voice doesn't sound too bad. No, no, you sound, you, you sound great. Your mic is uh, – that's the thing is these mics – they make they make everybody sound fantastic. The best part is if you get really close and you talk really quiet. It really, really feels like quiet. I'm Steve Inskeep. <laughs> <laughs> this is Rick Steve's Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do a whole series where we rip off other <laughs> voice artists. This is Terry Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Fresh Air. <laughs> Oh man. So um so what are we talking about today? 
Talking about pumpkins. <laughs> Why are we talking about pumpkins? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like getting to be Halloween time. And we just yeah. wanted to keep it light, pick a topic we could kind of riff on. Yeah, I feel like there's, um, you know, the world has gotten, you know, a little intense. And sometimes you just need to talk about something light. And it is pumpkin spice latte season coming up. So let's get everyone pumped and amped to drink some pumpkins, to carve some pumpkins, maybe throw some pumpkins, maybe smash some pumpkins. We're going to talk about pumpkins. <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> um, okay. That's a little gross. Maybe. Or maybe that's just where my mind went. <laughs> you made copious notes about uh, the origins of various terms. Um, you have some pump pumpkin factoids. Yes. Uh, and then you watched pumpkin head, which we'll get to later. So, uh, the term pumpkin head was originally used to refer to someone with haircut short all around. So I guess we'd be pumpkin heads. I'm not quite sure. I don't they really understand this one. Does this like, is this, is this the, the sort of like proto bowl cut? I don't really understand. Yeah. It couldn't have just been a regular haircut. Yeah. And it later meant a stupid, self-important person. Mm-hmm. And the word pumpkin comes from the French word pompon or the Greek pepon. So wait, what did that, what did that actually mean? Pumpkin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it didn't come from like something else? No, it's, it's, it was referring to a, a, a gourd-like fruit. Okay. Although um, pumpkins came from the New World. Mm-hmm. So... So the largest ever pumpkin was grown in Belgium in 2016. Two, wait, 2,624 pounds? Yeah, it's about the same as a 2020 Honda Civic. <laughs> has has more horsepower, though. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get a little bit into the history of jack-o'-lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tradition came to the U.S. via Irish immigrants. And, but it's kind of an amalgam of a lot of different traditions from all over mm-hmm. Europe. And you can carve a jack-o'-lantern into a pumpkin or into a turnip, which I think this year I totally want to do my jack-o'-lanterns with turnips. <laughs> <laughs> what if Halloween had come to be defined by turnips rather than pumpkins? <laughs> we have some turnip pie, some turnip spice latte. <laughs> it would be a way different holiday. Dude, it's TSL season. <laughs> and it was originally referred to the Will of the Wisps which are lights in foggy swamps that are supposedly ghosts. And if you followed one, you disappear. Um, oh. And they were used in folktales. And in, in sometimes the name's Will, sometimes the name's Jack. And basically this guy gets cursed to haunt the marsh. And what what the, the, the structure of the tale is, it's this guy, Stingy Jack, and he makes a deal with the devil. But when the devil comes to collect his soul, Stingy Jack tricks the devil. And turns him into a coin and then sticks his coin, the coin into a pocket next to his crucifix. And that traps, uh, traps the devil. Wow. Eventually, uh, the devil come manages to get away and Jack traps him up a tree and he won't let him down, which just is kind of an image. And, uh, the devil eventually gives up and gives up, up his claim on Jack's soul. But because stingy Jack was so wicked, he wasn't allowed into heaven either. And so he was cursed to walk the earth forever. Um, and he carved himself a lantern out of a turnip or a pumpkin, and that's what he would use for his light. Halloween originated as the Gaelic festival of Samhain, and it later merged with All Hallows' Eve 
And on Samhain, the veil between the lands of the dead and the living were thin. And so beings could cross over. So people would carve lanterns into large vegetables and they would do the lantern in the shape of grotesque faces. And my, my question is what kind of a lame spirit is scared off by a jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> well, it seems to me that the rules governing spirit to the same rules governing everybody else. So back in the day, there was just like less scary <laughs> stuff out there. It's not like they were watching like super modern scary movies. Yeah. So that's all they knew. They were scared of it. So in Switzerland, ch children would leave bowls of milk or cream out for the house spirits mm -hmm. called Jack of the Bowl. And in return, the Jack of the Bowl would lead the cows to graze in places too dangerous for humans. In 2013, Keene, New Hampshire broke the record for the most jack-o'-lanterns with 3,919. And they've broken the record every year since then. When was the last time that you dressed up for Halloween, Dave? Um, I dressed up as Bob from Bob's Burger a few years ago. But it was an overall pretty bad experience because I went to work and ended up going to a meeting where I got yelled at by, by a bunch of people. So I have negative <laughs> negative memories. With, so I'm sitting there dressed in like a Bob's Burger apron with a, a spatula getting yelled at about a system. Well, who takes who takes their job seriously on Halloween when people are dressed up? Like, I don't think I could like <laughs> yell at anybody if they were in a Halloween costume. That's dumb. This year... Uh, Abigail's really into this game, Ace Attorney, and she wants us to dress up as Ace Attorney characters. So that's amazing. I I think I'm gonna be uh, Bluey's dad. Nice. That's that's uh, I don't know. I haven't planned the outfit out. I don't know how I'm gonna pull that off, but it might just end up being that I'm like get really into Bluey cosplay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Careful, man. Thin line between blurry and bluey and becoming a furry. The last time I dressed up, I was a mechanic, and that was really out of laziness because um, <laughs> I just pulled together whatever I could. And and before that, I was <laughs> I don't even know what this outfit was, but I was like a just like a creepy guy that I named myself Mitch, and <laughs> I had like a blow up doll. <laughs> but Which... the last time I went to work dressed up was as Angelina Jolie. Um, nice. And no Any one role in me. particular, or just? <laughs> I think I was actually, if if I remember this correctly, I was actually caveman Angelina Jolie. So, remember you when know. she was together with Billy Bob Thornton, and they they walked around yeah. with vials full of the, each other's blood around <laughs> yeah. their necks? Oh, the nineties! <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so I watched Pumpkinhead. Yeah. So this is your traditional boys and girls go camping, accidentally murder a child, and get chased by a demon story. Wow. Wait, the, the boys and girls that go camping murder a child? On accident, yeah. Okay. So, like, the story is about Lance Hendrickson, and he has, like, this idyllic relationship with his child. And they, like, live out in the middle of nowhere and run a general store, and the kid's, like, super sweet. And these reckless teenagers show up, and they all got dirt bikes. And one of the reckless teenagers, who looks to have been about 40... Mm -hmm. goes and starts riding his dirt bike around dangerously and everybody's like don't do it don't do it and then of course the kid runs out and gets hit and he dies well Lynch Hendrickson so upset he he recalls when he was a boy somebody summoning this demon to get back at uh, someone else so he went to this old lady who could summon the demon for him and he summons Pumpkinhead and Pumpkinhead is this he kind of looks like a like, imagine if Carl Sagan was nine feet tall, really skinny, <laughs> naked, and his hair had solidified into his head. Wait, so how do you summon Pumpkinhead? Is it like is it like summoning Candyman? No, she had to like go through this like witch ritual, and then he had to go 
dig up Pumpkinhead and do something over the grave, which was on this weird, like narrow plateau. What and do you so, mean do something over the grave? <laughs> like do part of the ritual over the grave. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what he did. And then he had to dig up Pumpkinhead. Okay. And so then Pumpkinhead comes out and starts hunting down these teenagers in really like not gruesome ways. Like you expect they have this, they, they've gone to all this trouble to have this really like realistic, scary monster. And, you know, he basically grabs down from trees and picks people up. And then when he drops them, they're dead. So it was a little bit um, uh, disappointing. It feels anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, at the end of the movie, the guy decides that he doesn't want all these pe- kids' souls on his conscience. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to get the lady to bring Pumpkinhead back. And she's like, nope, sorry, he can't do that. Once he's been summoned, he needs to do what he was summoned for. And so then the guy uh, uh, decides to go stop Pumpkinhead himself. And him and Pumpkinhead fight. And they both die. And Pumpkinhead's corpse like disappears. But the, at the end, the lady takes the guy's corpse, Lance Hendrickson, and buries him in Pumpkinhead's grave. So the next time Pumpkinhead summoned, it'll use his body as a... Uh, so did Lance Hendrickson come back in the sequel? He was not in the sequel, but I think we're just <laughs> meant to assume it was his corpse that yeah. was morphed into to, yeah. to P-Head. I was a little bit disappointed because he didn't actually have a pumpkin for a head. Uh-huh. That feels to me like kind of like false advertising. Yeah. That is misleading. Um so overall, it uh, sounds like you're not a huge fan. No, I wouldn't watch it again. It did have a very young Mayim Bialik of Blossom and Big Bang Theory fame. as She played a dirty tri- dirty child. So speaking of Mayim Bialik, where do you fall on the uh, the uh, Jeopardy host controversy? Are you, are you a fan of the Mayim Bialik choice? Uh, I know no one was a fan of Mike Richards. So I'm not even going to go there, but... <laughs> um. I don't know. In this day and age, like I feel like people have a responsibility. If they don't know what they're talking about, they should shut the F up. And mm-hmm. she clearly didn't know what she was talking about with vaccines. And so she should mm-hmm. have shut up instead of just doing more damage and fueling mm-hmm. people's paranoia. I, I don't really actively watch Jeopardy. So I honestly don't care. I do I like the idea of was... LeVar Burton doing it. Yeah. Cool. I think, I you know, I read that he didn't do the best job compared to some of the other people, but. Come on, man. Reading Rainbow, TNG. He's a person. LeVar was the choice. He would have he would have grew into the role. So what is what is your favorite Halloween themed movie? Can you think of one? My favorite Halloween themed movie. Let's see. I know that I, I, I know like scary movies I like. Mm-hmm. But I well, I think Halloween I think, themed movies. I think I think we could go horror for this. What do you think? What what about just if we broaden it to horror? Do you think you could come up with one? I think my favorite horror movie of all time is Shaun of the Dead, which it's not a particularly scary movie, but it's just a great movie. Edgar Wright mm-hmm. really like directs mm-hmm. the shit out of that movie, and it's really funny. I don't know if this is my favorite horror movie, and it's not even a Halloween movie, but to me, I feel like it kind of like the spirit of it is is on point. Is Pet Cemetery? Oh yeah, yeah, the original. I, I think they did a remake, if I remember correctly. They did. It was all right. I'm the original is way better. That. Yeah. And they're doing um, a sequel to the remake. <laughs> I just let it be, man. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I, I thought about it because Emily and Marlo, my wife and my daughter, really want to do like a dead doll cemetery in our front yard. And this was kind of inspired by the fact that last Christmas, Marlo got a baby alive, which... If you don't know what a baby alive is, it's a it's a doll <laughs> that 
acts like it's alive, but you can actually like feed it things, mm-hmm. which is weird. They gave this one a bath, which it's not capable of taking a bath and it died. So now they call it baby dead and they want to create a whole, uh, <laughs> they want to create a whole, uh, front yard diorama of all these dead, dead babies. And, um, I think it's hilarious, but living in Berkeley, um, you know, people kind of don't have sense of humors about that kind of stuff. So especially <laughs> in a pandemic. So, uh, so and awesome. I was like, just, uh, you know, it's just do pet cemetery like pets. Fine. Right. I think that's babies a little. Uh, that's a little more hot button. Let's let's, let's avoid that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Another movie that I've enjoyed watching with Abigail is The Conjuring, which is about mm-hmm. like someone being possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that movie, there's a creepy doll named Annabelle based on a real life creepy doll. Just reminded me of your baby alive thing. Mm-hmm. Annabelle is very evil and likes to kill people, as dolls do. But if you watch the prequel movies, she started mm-hmm. off terrifying looking. Like, I don't understand why anybody would want this doll. <laughs> <laughs> like this, And apparently it's based on a real doll, and the real doll is much friendlier looking. It wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a very good scary prop. But So since we're talking about pumpkins, I wanted to discuss a few things related to the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Now, we're, we both grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins were my favorite band for quite a mm-hmm. while until I got into corn. And then, it, <laughs> then it was corn for a long time. But I, I I still will go to bat for the Pumpkins. I think they're one of Rock's all-time greatest bands. But Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan has mad beef with Anderson Cooper. Really? Which is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go too deep in a hole on this one, but I think the beef started because AC360 said that he basically wanted Billy Corgan to just like kind of get out of the limelight and shut up so that fans could just enjoy the music without <laughs> having to deal with all the bullshit personal issues. And of course, Billy Corgan didn't like that. I think the most famous example of Billy being Billy is when he went on Infowars in 2016. He basically made some vaguely pro-Trump statements, and this was before Trump was actually elected. So who knows if he actually voted for Trump, but I'm sure he did. Uh, but he also equated social justice warriors to the KKK. So he's obviously not a progressive. Um, and Alex Jones of Infowars is a nut job, man. Yeah. You like that, that video of <laughs> <laughs> Dave sent me this parody video of uh, someone who took a bunch of Alex Jones clips and made a folk song out of it. And it's hilarious, but it's also like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like lizard people, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama don't smell good. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, anyways. The fact that people believe this stuff is just very concerning. Is Billy Corgan a right-wing fascist? Maybe. I think he's probably not. I think he's just a narcissist. Yeah. Um, and people generally haven't liked any of the music he's made in the past 20 years, and I think that stings. And so he goes on TV, and he's inflammatory because it's a way to get attention. Yes. Yes, child. What? Have have whatever you want. <laughs> Eat all the dessert in the whole house. You come out and she's like eating a whole cake. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I think the, the crux of my Billy Corgan argument is that um, he's just basically a rich guy. And he went on Howard Stern and alluded to an encounter with a shapeshifter. That's interesting. And he wasn't talking about David Bowie, I assume. 
No, not, a, <laughs> not, a, not the Bowie that we know, the interdimensional traveler. The best Billy Corgan related content, I put a link to it in our notes, is there's a, there's a guy riding a roller coaster and when he gets to the top, the, the music from 1979 starts. <laughs> and then as he starts going down the roller coaster, it's just the part where Billy Corgan goes, Wee! <laughs> oh man 1979 that was like the song because a lot of us so in our amazing. generation were born or in a lot of us in our year were born in 1979 so another thing i wanted to talk to you about and i, I would love to do an investigative piece on this <laughs> because i think it's such a cool part of the history of the town we grew up in vacaville mm -hmm. yeah there was this place called the nut tree, which started in like the twenties or thirties. And it was a sort of roadside nut stand. And it kind of grew into this attraction, you know, in the fifties and sixties, they opened up an airport and they had like a super fancy restaurant. People would make this a destination, like celebrities mm -hmm. flew in and went to dinner there. And it, it was, it was kind of a big deal. By the time we were born, it was kind of in its decline. And in the 90s, the family that owned it, the patriarch died and the family got into a fight and they basically sold off the land to developers. And now there's still some elements of it there, but it's, it's essentially just a strip mall. I'm just kind of fascinated with it. Charles Eames de designed the furniture. It had like one of the first California cuisine uh, menus. And I just wonder like what would have happened if the nut tree had survived and become like kind of had sort of this renewed vitality. Maybe Vacaville might have been like more of a tourist destination. Who knows? But pertinent to today's conversation, Vacaville had like a fall festival or the nut tree. The nut tree had a fall festival, the pumpkin patch. Uh, and the pumpkin patch was still around when we were kids. And this, you told me, was actually your first job. It was. I took tickets at the merry-go-round. And uh, <laughs> I remember, so when I first started, like they hired all these like 16 year olds mm -hmm. and all the other ticket takers in my area were like young girls. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Right. So I was like flirting mm -hmm. with them enjoying my time. But the guy who ran the barrier around was this really seedy car carnival guy. Mm -hmm. And he just would sit there and stare at him. And so after the first week, all the girls requested that they'd be transferred away to get away to get away from the seedy guy. <laughs> so I was just, I was left in a sausage fest. He would like leave all the time. <laughs> And you're supposed to be licensed to operate these rides. I mean, it's just one button, right? One button to stop, uh -huh. one button to start. To to start, and he would leave. He would go leave and smoke pot behind the the funhouse. <laughs> and so I would be left to run these rides. I'm sure I broke like some laws. You know, one thing that's like consistent throughout your entire career, uh, especially when you were younger, is that you were given <laughs> positions of authority beyond your years. Like, I don't know if it was because you had a mustache. But they'd be like, sure, this teenager can run this whole business. Uh, and I mean, mostly you did. So that's a credit to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much to it. It was you take the tickets, you start the ride, you stop the ride. But the, every once in a while, I'll go to a carnival and I'll see that same barrier go, barrier go around. Because the, the place Butler Amusements that ran the rides there is still around it and still goes and mm -hmm. does fairs and stuff. But yeah, it, carnival rides are really sketchy. So if it's something that's going like really fast, I wouldn't trust it. Like these are getting broken down and, and put up every time the place moves. And the people who are doing it don't really know what they're doing from my experience. 
Now, do you remember the Scarecrow Festival that they had? Yeah. That shit was dope. As far as pumpkin patches go, like, it was really good. Yeah. Like, it, it had, like, a, a, a hay maze, because I don't think it had corn growing there. But they mm-hmm. had, like, a maze, and then there was, yeah, there were Scarecrow competitions and pumpkin competitions. It was just, it was really cool. I would take mm-hmm. my family there. Maybe not ride any of the big rides, but, you know. I just think it's super sad that yeah. it like that such a cool thing died. To me, it's like it symbolizes a lot of things about like where where people's I guess values went. Like mm. because right around the time that that um, the nut tree died, like Vacaville built all of the factory stores, and they tried to do some cool stuff. Like they built the woos. <laughs> do you remember the woos i had several birthdays there the woos and the super woos i didn't realize this as a kid but the, it was a chinese company that was <laughs> trying to like make mazes a thing and so the woos was like their first attempt to like break into the american market <laughs> and it turns out that americans just like were not that excited about mazes <laughs> well the thing was like you would do it for your birthday party right so everybody get their tickets to go in the maze and then they'd complete it in like 20 minutes so what yeah. the hell else are you supposed to do? Getting back, I wanted to make a point about you uh, being in management positions. Um, is it <laughs> as a as like a 15, 16 year old, shouldn't you have been the kid smoking pot behind the gravitron? I, I instead should've. of <laughs> instead of being the responsible ticket taker. And then when we worked at Pizza Hut together, you were the responsible teenager closing the <laughs> store while your irresponsible supervisor <laughs> was smoking pot outside behind the car. What's up, Jim? <laughs> so yeah. wait, you got th- you got threatened by the Hell's Angels. Did we cover this already? No. When I was working at the Pumpkin Patch one day, I was on, I was stationed at the entrance and asked to tell people to turn people away because they had closed, um, like at the regular closing time. And this this fuckhead <laughs> comes up with his girlfriend, and he's like. And so I was like, excuse me, sir, you know, a 16-year-old kid. I'm like, excuse me, sir, you know, we're closed. You can't come in. And he's like, I'm a hell's angel. You know what the hell's angels are, boy? You get in my way. You and your family are going to be sorry. And I was like, I don't care. Just go. <laughs> so th- this guy, I'm sure he got hard on uh, threatening a, a skinny 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I hope he got laid that night. But uh, it's a, it's forever you know, etched in my memory, I got threatened by a hell's angel over the pumpkin patch. <laughs> oh man. You know, your dad's a biker. Now your dad should go and find that guy. Now you don't mess with the hell's angels, man. That's serious stuff. I, I know enough now where I still let him in. <laughs> I know you told me, you told me recently about how, you know, now that your dad is a biker, like you've learned a lot about there's like territories and mm-hmm. there's rules around where you go. And, I know your dad avoids all that. Like he's not, yeah, he's not out there with the brass knuckles or anything. But, um, but like, it was much more intricate than I had imagined. Yeah. So if you're out biking with like a group and you're going through someone else's territory, like he, so he 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 goes with, it's it's either the American Legion or some affiliated group. There was some drama, but like if they're going into another biker group's territory, they have to get permission, and it's like a whole big thing. Um, and you can't wear your colors like out and other bikers. So like, you know, you see people with like the wearing like the vests with the big patches and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Like if you do that, 
in somebody else's territory. That, that's a big no-no. And it, it feels like a bunch of kids playing like King of the King of the Hill or something. It's it seems mm-hmm. really juvenile, but I don't know. How do you how do you get permission? Do you have to get it like a like a written uh, something on letterhead or? Are they have they gone digital? Do they give you like a QR code that they can scan? Like you said, you sent them a request on DocuSign. Yeah, like like how official is this? Because I feel like you could you could kind of Photoshop that, right? If you if you like, wanted yo, to, like I got yeah, I got like, my... <laughs> yeah. I want to know more about this. We should I, interview your dad. I mean, it's essentially just gangs. Except instead of being like inner city gangs, it's mm-hmm. gangs of old white men on motorcycles. I think the most disappointing part about America is that you can have a gang if you're an old white man, but you're the only ethnic group that can have a gang. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't want there to be gangs. So let's get rid of the all of the gangs. I mean, we're we're <laughs> only we're like tenuously hanging on to democracy. <laughs> and we're not that far from having like regional warlords. So, you know, I would take biker gangs over regional warlords. <laughs> it just, it strikes me is like, they take themselves so like over seriously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just laughable. I don't know. We're probably going to get murdered by the hell's angels now. Sorry, totally. hell's angels. What if we combined biker gang with clowns? would that be offensive to other bikers? Cause I feel like I would hope that that would be disarming. They'd be like, Oh, these guys are just dressed like clowns, but we might get shot. Incidentally, there's a, an anime or a, a manga series called Akira and mm-hmm. the rival gang dresses like clowns. The rival mm-hmm. biker gang in that, that story dresses like clowns. So okay. you would just get me, get accused of ripping off Akira. Oh man. Every idea has already been thought of. There's no, there's no originality. Well, I know that uh, Sturgis this year was a go and like nobody wore masks. And Mm so I'm sure that like, that was just a cesspool of COVID. Yeah. I haven't seen any, like, like last year it was like huge headlines. Right. But this year it's kind of like, I mean, really though, any, any super spreader event is, is pale, paled in comparison to Florida. So (laughs) no super spreader. The the state is a super spreader event. My child has probably eaten all the candy in the entire house. Well, There's I actually no have upstairs a chocolate cake on our stove right now, <laughs> and I'm wondering if it if it <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> oh man, I know this this whole I don't know if if uh, Nelly does this, but this it's it's like treat escalation. It's like, can I have this this like tiny piece of gum? And it's like. What can one little tiny piece of gum hurt, right? It's like yeah. have the tiny piece of gum. And then it's like, well, the gum was really tiny. Could I have like this little Hershey's <laughs> kiss? And it's like, well, okay, it's pretty small. And then it's like by the end of the night, you're like, they're just eating like a whole cake. Can like, I have this two pound gummy bear? <laughs> I don't um, know if it's our generation. Like we just like don't put our feet down about this kind of thing. Um <laughs> I just feel like the like life is so short. Like I want them to to enjoy things, yeah. but maybe I'm a terrible parent. I don't know. No, you're not. I, I I feel the same way. Like, yeah, I know Nelly. She the other day she went to the fridge and got a lunchable, and it was one of those ones that had like meat, cheese, 
crackers and a, a couple Oreos in it. Mm-hmm. And she ate the Oreos, and we caught her trying to throw the rest away. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, no, if you grab the lunch bowl, you got to eat the meat, the cheese, and the crackers, too. Like, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I am an inspirational poster featuring a courageous dolphin. And I'm the ghost of Halloween past. And thank you for joining us on the planet of the meerkats. Goodbye. <laughs> The Meerkats are David Garrison and Neil Fries. Our theme song is by the one and only Tawny Frogmouth. You can subscribe to Planet of the Meerkats wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find links to all of our social accounts at planetofthemeerkats.com. We're trying to send a little old-fashioned positivity into your ears, so your support means a lot to us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>